1: What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room podcast, brought to you by DoorDash and BetOnline.ag. I'm Pete, joined as always by Darius. And what we had hoped would be a very celebratory night turned into a bit of a gut punch as the Miami Heat beat the Lakers 111 to 108 in Game Five, trimming the Lakers' lead to three to two in the series. Lakers certainly had their chances. It was a a great game, a very intense and competitive game, but we came out on on the short end. I want to start with the defensive end um uh, I was in the first half in particular uh i I was frustrated with the Lakers side of things, but before we get into that, I know you, Darius, you noticed a couple of adjustments that Miami made that gave us some problems. What did you see? i
2: mean they they adjusted screen angles yeah on their pick and rolls with Jimmy Butler, and they ran a lot more. Uh, guard guard screen and rolls. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the ways that they tried to beat the Lakers pick and or the Lakers defense with AD on Jimmy in Game One was they attacked him early with um their normal Bam Jimmy pick and roll, and the Lakers were switching that, and Jimmy attacked Dwight Howard. And as we talked about in the last pod, Jimmy started out five for five. And then in the second half, the Lakers really adjusted by, um, by showing more with their guard and then having AD go way under on screens and then trying to meet Jimmy back, you know, um, Jimmy would probably take up one third of that space, and then sure. AD would take back the other two thirds, and it was sort of a a give and take. But the Lakers were comfortable with that.
1: Mm-hmm. Meet him it, in the mid range, yeah.
2: Yeah, meet him in the mid range with AD showing length and, and really sort of making Jimmy second guess on taking that that jumper. It, it turned Jimmy w- way more into a passer. And it made his offensive game um, lose rhythm, right? Mm -hmm. And I think we saw that with the results in the last game. In this game, they really wanted to get Jimmy back to being the aggressive Jim, Jimmy Butler, that he was in Game 3 as a scorer. And the way that they did that was by changing the screen angle on AD to... Instead of setting it on AD's, um, shoulder, right? And, and allowing AD to get underneath, they were screening him almost at a 45 degree angle on his hip mm-hmm. and making it nearly impossible for AD to get under the screen and creating a driving angle for Jimmy to start to get downhill in, in a way where there was no get underneath and then meet you some somewhere else. AD was getting pinned a lot on that and it forced switches. And, and then Jimmy was back to playing ISO hunt, the the ISO hunt game that mm-hmm. he was so good at in um, their game three win. And, and look, credit to the heat for that adjustment. And, but really credit to Jimmy Butler as well. He was hitting, he was just hitting a lot of shots, man. Like, um, I know that we, I think I was frustrated with some of the Lakers defensive intensity in general. Um, but a lot of this was just a shot making game, especially yeah. in the first half yeah. and Miami was making shots and the Lakers were not. Um, another adjustment that, that I saw that I'd love to get your feed, feedback on was that they started to run more double. Screens for mm-hmm. Duncan Robinson mm-hmm. um, besides just the normal handoff stuff mm-hmm. that, that they were doing. They were running some misdirection stuff with him as well where they were flowing him away from the ball and then bringing him back to a screen. Mm-hmm. Um, I also thought too that with jimmy being as assertive as he was and with all the switches that that they forced there was a lot more ball watching from the mm-hmm. lakers this game because they felt they needed to be much more attentive in help defense because it wasn't anthony davis who was at the point point of attack and um robinson took advantage of that yeah, he, uh,
1: his relocations really burned us against kcp a couple of times um where he was moving right, just as you're saying, with AD at the point of, the, of attack, everybody else has more rim protector responsibilities than they normally would. And when you turn your head and you're on the wing and you're guarding Duncan Robinson, all of a sudden Duncan Robinson's in the corner. He's relocated to there and he's got an open shot. And part of I I don't love the personnel that we've had on Robinson in KCP and Caruso in that I don't I don't think they have enough size for. Danny Green's missed shot at the end, right? Which, you know, we're going to break down a lot of the ins and outs of this game. But if that shot goes in, we're probably, you know, we're celebrating and and having a good old time. But I thought Danny did the best job on Robinson. Uh, yeah. It like, helped in that fourth quarter was part of the run, was his defense, and, and part of that's his size, right? So I haven't loved how much we've had just a lack of size on Robinson.
2: I think it's tricky and... I think Vogel's playing playing in. I don't want to say a lose lose game. I think, but I agree that Danny's size is is super useful. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think, though, that Danny's um, more limited mobility versus KCP and Caruso and even sure. Kuzma in the Chasing ability to to yeah. chase yeah. so much. Mm-hmm. Um, Puts Danny in some compromised positions physically, mm-hmm. right? In terms of his legs, right? And so sure. I definitely think from the waist up, in terms of size and, 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 uh, contestability, and then included in the waist up is his head, right? Smarts and, the, the, knowing the right angles to take and, and a bunch of other things that I think show up positively for Danny in that matchup. I think there is sort of a legs issue and can he hold up over the course of 30, 32 minutes, which has not been Danny's role this entire season, right? I, I think if you're talking about Danny Green from even two or three seasons ago or, or even um, pre-sort of, um, when he got banged up, Danny Green earlier this series, where he took that shot in the hip, that he still doesn't look all the way back from that. I'm not mm-hmm. making injury excuses or or anything, right? The no one's gonna cry for Danny Green being banged banged up when Goran Dragic, Dragic is is out and Bam missed a couple of games, but I just think that these are. These are the push and pull and the hard decisions that coaches have to make, right? And, um, and this is one that Vogel is going to struggle with for as long as this series goes, right? Like, how many minutes can we steal with smaller players chasing sure. Duncan Robinson? Um, does that speed matter more than then the size, I thought KCP did a pretty good job of staying connected, which may be more important than the size mm-hmm. to contest, right? Denying catches, pushing him further up off of a ball screen in order to, to lock and trail better or stay chest to chest and not mm-hmm. get screened. These are all important things too, right? And, and, and KCP's winning some battles there as well, but this was a big Duncan Robinson game and, mm-hmm. you know, one or two of those makes Turned into misses, and it's a different game, basically. So,
1: well, if Caruso or KCP are going to be on him, then they have to be especially attentive to getting separation. They're faster than he is, so ideally, you know, and that's part of them running him off of a couple of screens, right? Is that a Caruso or KCP could lock and trail on a Duncan Robinson, and even if he's got the size advantage, he wouldn't be able to. Get a ton of separation against them because of their quickness advantage. But the more screens you run them through, the more separation is going to be created. But that's when communication becomes important, right? And switching out and, uh, and you know, then BAM's fake handoffs become problematic at that point, right? So all all of it plays with each other. But the, the solution to all of that is, is communication. Yeah. Right? Like when we, when we communicate and, and really lock in on that, those are, Sometimes switches, sometimes fight over, but it's a lot of talking, right? And that's what Miami's trying to force. And in that first half, we just we simply weren't good enough. I, uh, I'm sorry. Did you have another point on Robinson because I wanted to talk about Jimmy as well?
2: The last thing I I was going to say about Robinson is that when he does have a smaller player on him, then his own physicality comes into play. So he had a great um, he had a great play where he sort of like did some hand fighting with bull with caruso he shoved caruso off caruso sort of like fainted a little bit backwards like Mm -hmm. wanting to draw attention to that but that allowed robinson to get some separation he came off and hit hit a three another three robinson created some separation and then it was just bad luck caruso collided with KCP, KCP. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you know he comes off clean and he gets an open look. In other games where where Robinson's not as hot, maybe that back rims instead he drills sure. it right and sure. shots like that are the difference in um, a game like this that that is so so well so close. And it's one of the reasons why I think one of the themes that we'll come back to is sort of um, while we. Express some disappointment and and maybe even more than disappointment and maybe lambast the Lakers a little bit for some of the mistakes that they made this game. The flip side of that is to credit Miami for stepping up and playing well and and hitting the shots, right? They, They were just super good, and I think that that probably plays into one of the points you were going to make about Jimmy. So I'll let you get back to that.
1: Sure. Well, we made a good deal of mistakes defensively, especially in that first half for a finals game. Right. And I was just, I I was watching. I'm just going, they're capitalizing on every mistake that we make. They're making every shot. And even on some possessions, like we play good defense for most of the possession and, Jimmy hits a, a step back 3 and he's going to do that. And Lord knows LeBron's doing that on the other end. Right? Saved yeah. multiple possessions. We'll get into LeBron, obviously we'll get into to AD. I wanted to talk focus more on the basketball to start out this uh, like the on-court adjustments in mm-hmm. this rather than cuz I know there's a lot of, you know, disappointment <laughs> and, and we we all wanted that one. That was a gut punch. That game was a gut punch. But there were there were reasons it got to that point. Yeah. Right? um that was what like a 11 12 point game at some point in the fourth quarter and we went on that big old run um we we were we were sloppy for a finals game in ways that Miami just they jumped all over every mistake that we made they jumped all over it and credit to them for that it it was more so than normally happened like in in a normal game even in high level games you can get away with some of those we got away with very few of our mistakes in this game
2: I think there were two or three possessions where I felt like, oh, they missed one. Uh-huh. when the Lakers like miscommunicated or a play where the Lakers were probably tired, LeBron decided, you know what, like I don't have it in me to close out eight feet and run at this shooter right now. Um, and then they missed. Right? But I could probably rattle off six to eight plays off the top, top of my head where I thought to myself, oh, that's a mistake and the heat burned them. Like mm-hmm. one, one example was, um, a play where Rondo was defending Kendrick Nunn mm-hmm. and and, Kend- and this was a really good Kendrick Nunn game as well, right? Like not to the level of Robinson, but Nunn really helped them this game, especially in the first half. And in the first half, um, little sc- side screen and roll action, Rondo, um, Nunn's left-handed, so he's coming up the right sideline and trying to go middle Coming off of a handoff, actually, and it's not a screen and roll. They execute the handoff to none and Rondo, instead of fighting over and chasing in order to try to recover and then make none reset, he does a lazy reach around to try to poke, poke the ball mm-hmm. away. There's a lot of no gambling,
1: help. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Like there's no help there and none steps into an 18 footer. Now, on any other given night, right? Even though that's a wide open shot. An eighteen footer for Ken Kendrick Nunn is still probably a a thirty eight to forty two percent proposition, sure. right? Like it's it's You'll it's a think. good shot for him. A forty percent shot is uh, is good enough on a jump shooter, right? Like a jump shooter is going if that's a good look for him. But I just felt like the way the Heat played this game, those shots were like. 80% shots, 85% shots, because they almost all seem to fall for them. And, and again, in a high stakes game, in a high leverage game where the pressure is on and it's winner go home, credit to them for stepping up and knocking down those shots. But I felt like the enabling that the Lakers did, um, with some of the risks that they took for some of the poor angles, for some of the lack of execution
1: um, that yeah,
2: play, but, that played a part.
1: Yeah. Let, let's, I want to talk about Jimmy, right. And, and how they look to attack us with Jimmy, because it was something that was both on Jimmy's possessions and, and other players possessions. But when you, are hedges against him on the pick and roll. They were having their guards, as you said, or Duncan Robinson setting a lot of ball screens. Uh The play where he got to the line at, at the end of the game was uh-huh. he, he rejected it and Keith bought, and that happens a few times, right? Where he just rejected away from the, the ball screen. And if that's something that AD, like you can't let the reject happen and have him get all the way to the rim. Uh, and, and I'm, you know, wondering how, how good AD is feeling, right, with his leg and, and with those issues. But in the first half, it was more, we weren't squaring our hips and getting in a defensive stance on their ball screens and on their handoffs. And they were just getting too deep into the paint. Before we really walled them off. And if you're turned like that little bumps, which Jimmy excels at these bumps, right? The, if you're not squared and anchored, he's going to give you a little nudge and it's totally illegal and you're going to be bumped off a little bit and he's going to, he's going to hit some like squirting five, six foot shot that just, yeah, he, he plays with such a low center of
2: gravity that. If you are, if, and so he's going to get under you a lot regardless, but if you're not in a stance and if you don't have a strong base, you're dead against mm-hmm. him because yeah. he's just too strong. And just like you said, these are legal plays. He's not dislodging. He's not shoving off no. with his off arm. He is just playing lower than you, um, in what is a classic, advantage style play in every contact sport that that is played right it's mm-hmm. the same in football it's the same in hockey it's the same in basketball um it's the same in soccer right yeah. like you get lower you then play with a wider base you get underneath the guy you knock him off balance and you take the real estate that mm-hmm. you want and jimmy is a master at that
1: absolutely and so that. Not getting into that and squaring up with him earlier. And this was true of, of Kendrick Nunn as well. Uh, we just let them get too deep into the paint and collapse our defense off of, off of their actions. And that and the miscommunications on his ball screens and on his, on his rejections. Um, just, yeah, I can't, can't have that. And then, yeah, as we said, the Duncan Robinson relocations, just a lot of communication issues, a lot of, you know, two, two guys go to, one offensive player leaving somebody else open. And again, Miami exploited all of it. Now, um, I want to talk about the bench. Do you brutal game from our bench? Um, Rondo's had a, a real tough go of it the last couple of games and, uh, we've had difficulty you know, getting into our offense, it made a couple of defensive mistakes. There was one play where, you know, we were trying to inbound the ball. Dwight carelessly threw the ball in as Rondo kind of faked him out. Right. And then I gave up blame a,
2: Rondo on that possession, but
1: yeah, sure, sure. No, absolutely. Right. He was being face guarded. And then at the last minute he kind of springs to life. And, and as the five second count is going up and then gives up an offensive rebound to Kendrick Nunn, right. Um Missed you know, missed some layups, is not taking taking shots. Uh Kuz Coos would be a great guy to put on Duncan Robinson, but he makes he's just making too many mistakes. You know, we had, gave up a couple four point plays in this game. Rondo fouled a shooter at Crowder on one of those as well. Um AC was way too out of control to when he came into that game. Um and, and we really, we just surrendered careless runs and, uh, and, and then Keith, Keith had a rough go of it as well. He was being, uh, targeted by, by Jimmy on, and on both ends. And then, you know, after we got that offensive rebound, threw the ball away to, uh, you know, the turnover to end of the game. Just, just the entire bench was awful in this game, man. I,
2: I wish I didn't have more to add, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they just didn't i said this on twitter that one you you know at one point lebron and ad had combined for 25 points and i think at that point lebron was 7 for 9 and he had 17 points on 9 field goal attempts right and ad i think was 4 for 7 for 8 points and so that's 25 points and they had only taken 16 shots um the rest of the team had 11 points on 16 shots. And um so beyond all the defense stuff, right? Like this was – um and I honestly thought the Lakers did lose this game on defense more than they lost it on their role players not being able to hit shots. Like sure. um all you have to do is look at the box score and see that – Miami scored, um, 111 points. They had 60 of those in the first half. Um, and so they had a 51 point second half, which isn't great, but if, if it's, if, if we hold you them hold to them to points 102 points, we're yeah. going to win games. We're going yeah. To win like games, if you yeah. hold them to 102 points, you're, you're in a really good position to win this game, regardless of how well your bench does or does not shoot. Right. And, and so there is a, this was like a lack of identity game for the Lakers. I felt like in the first half as almost in the complete opposite way that the second half of game four was a pure identity game, right? Where the Lakers really locked up defensively and, and played with a tremendous amount of focus and energy and communication. Um, that said, yeah, man, like I just, I I don't know if it was jitters or if it was pressure or if it was just like they all happened to have a bad game at the same time. Um, but the bench in general just didn't have it tonight, and they didn't have it on either end of the floor, and I felt like it was a lot of their worst tendencies coming to life all all at the same time, right? You mentioned Caruso being – out, out of control. He, he forced a couple of drives. Right, he had that late game charge in the second half. But in the first half, he sort of forced a, uh, a transition play where it was one on two. He got stripped and he kicked the ball out out of bounds. Right. Um, yeah. And he was a little bit too frenetic, right? There is, yeah. there is energy in playing on, on edge. And then there's going past that. And yeah. Caruso was past that to, well, today. Um, I, like I said, I thought Rondo, um, just, just a lot of bad Rondo tonight from the defensive perspective. There's a lot of stuff that he, um, he, he's been much better at this. These will, these playoffs in terms of not gambling as much, not going for as many steals, uh, just, just playing better position defense. Mm-hmm. So much about defense when you're a smaller player is just being in the right place a- a- and making the offensive guy go around you or mm-hmm. over you with your arms up, right? And mm-hmm. say, okay, well, at least I'm presenting resistance to you. The worst part of Rondo when um defensively is when he decides he's going to take himself out of a play in order to try to gamble or reach for a steal or jump a passing lane that's not really there and he did a fair amount of that tonight. Um you you know, and then when it comes to Keith and Coos, like look, th- um Coos had Coos was not great defensively. I thought he had some no. okay possessions on none, but but at a much lower level than what he was in, game in game four. You know, he, um, he picked up a couple of bad shoe, shoe shooting fouls where he obviously fouled, but he was complaining a lot as if he didn't do anything. The Robinson foul, he did run up under him. Um, he picked up a foul on Jimmy doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. There was just a certain amount of over eagerness to do something that I sure. felt like them, just bit them in the backside, man. And yeah. this was a game where they needed poise and control with high effort. And I feel like whatever effort they were giving just overwhelmed whatever poise and control they actually needed, and and it hurt them. Like I don't think they were playing um, not hard.
1: No, it wasn't re- that. Re- Certainly wasn't that. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. They weren't disciplined and poised. In you, you, these Miami's a team that exploits your mistakes. It's a credit to Spolstra. It's a credit to Jimmy to Bam, who initiates a lot of their action. To Duncan Robinson, you see the stretches where we're playing at our best defensively, and Miami has a great deal of difficulty getting a good shot up these are possessions not just that they don't score but it's like jay crowder shooting a fading 28 footer to his right to not get it blocked by 80's contest or something like that right it's yeah. these these really rough possessions but they require the lakers to play like that or else they are going to score if if we make mistakes they're going to score they don't have jimmy's a guy who can score when the defense plays perfect defense anyway but not to the degree that lebron can or to the degree that ad can and but he is going to find every little mistake you make. it's why he gets to the free throw line as as much as he does
2: yeah it's interesting too right because um look what's been the lakers sort of biggest problem defensively all season it's been defending big wings Right. It's one of the reasons why the Clippers hung out there as some sort of albatross that that everyone figured was really going to give the Lakers problems. It, It was because of that Kawhi Paul George duo. Well, Jimmy's in that same mold. He is a power wing. And um, it's interesting because they started the series with LeBron on him, but. They went away from that as their main adjustment to put AD on him, which I think speaks volumes or maybe not volumes, but I think it says something about the difficulty that Jimmy was sort of giving LeBron with all the screen actions and handoff stuff and all of the, all of the misdirection stuff that, sure. that plays into what the Heat do with Jimmy in the center of, of a lot of that. And I think if it was straight isolation all, all of the time, the way that Braun had to play against like a Giannis or against a Kawhi in those regular season games over that weekend against both the Bucks and the Clippers, that's where LeBron is at his best. Against a power wing and even against a guy like Jamal Murray, right? Who is a little bit smaller, but he's really trying to attack you in isolation and the actions that they're using for him are straight up ball screens and like, that's it. And Mm -hmm. if you don't get a good screen on LeBron, then it's over. He's going to smother you anyway. But the Heat are such a good screening team and they're such a good misdirection team that Vogel went away from Braun on him and mm-hmm. um now you're sort of sacrificing AD to guard Jimmy Butler and there was – I think to really strong success in game four and to diminishing success in game five. Some of that was, I think, related to AD's injury. Do you want to talk about AD being banged up at all and, yeah, and how much you thought it played a part in things? Do you want to go to break and then yeah, pick it up there
1: after? Let's, let's take a break. Uh, and I want to talk LeBron and AD for different reasons. Uh, that was an all time great LeBron game, uh, all time great finals game. Uh, unfortunately we, couldn't come out with the win and i want to i want to discuss that and yeah ad's condition and what we expect moving forward so let's throw it to break and when we come back we'll talk about that You've counted on restaurants and now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash has saved me on many nights where I've been working on an LFR video and haven't had time to make anything. And it's been so convenient to have the food that I want to eat show up at my door. And now they do that in a way where your food will be left safely right outside of your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. You can choose from your favorite restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the door. DoorDash app. Select your favorite spot and food is on its way. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot and food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's all one word. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order of $15 or more with DoorDash. So I think the biggest factor that looms over this series is Anthony Davis's health. He said afterward that, uh, Andre Iguodala stepped on it the second time, right? The first time he went down. God, man, that was, that was scary. The way it looked where he was grabbing, um, you know, your mind goes to dark places there, but thankfully he did not go back to the locker room, stayed on the bench. Like you said, ended up playing 42 minutes in this game. The second time, he got stepped on it really looked to to hobble him i thought that he had to give jimmy a little bit of extra room that gave jimmy a couple of mid-range jumpers that i think ad would have been able to contest a little bit better normally uh but can i just
2: say too that he mm-hmm. he also gave up the switch a lot more it, mm-hmm. it, it, if you remember game 1 when jimmy rolled rolled his ankle Great point. and how yep. and how easily jimmy gave up switches against lebron um it was Eerily similar to that, but with the tables turned against the Lakers this time, where they just kept screening a d and he just kept giving up the switch and then Jimmy got to work against you know Morris or mm-hmm. whoever anyways no, that's gone. a great point, and
1: that's something that if he's feeling better, does he fight through those a little bit more um we Certainly need him as close to that as possible because, yeah, giving up those switches, they obviously wanted that Morris matchup. They want the Kuzma matchup. They want KCP, although they didn't get that that often in this game. Um, Yeah, so much of what they do is based on Jimmy ISO hunting, and we need to not allow them to have that as often as possible. And so, yeah, AD needs to be able to fight through those screens to get that. Um, The way the game shook down, I thought that was the biggest – impact of ad's injury in that it was a leBron game offensively and spacing wise I didn't really have complaints uh especially yeah for most of that game i, I was I thought we played especially the starters right we were, were really good on the offensive end and uh what what do you think the impact did you see beyond the you know the butler ad combination did you see kind of ad being hobbled impacting the game beyond that
2: more in like the intangible ways that ad is just a difference maker um going to the offensive glass um being a more active helper Mm -hmm. right um i do think that there's probably a possession or two where he's not so eager to just set, set a screen maybe get a switch for Braun to attack a Jay Crowder and then just mm-hmm. go stand in the corner. I do get that it was a LeBron offensive game, but I can almost guarantee to you that with LeBron playing as many minutes as he did and with the type of lift that he had to, to perform offensively, he would have loved to have been able to like, Oh, we got a switch. Let me throw it to AD on one of these possessions right just to sort of get just just to sort of get his bearings but ad was clearly um so hobbled that he was in no position to even fight for position or even come back and like screen and rescreen right Mm -hmm. so there is like a certain amount of flow and rhythm that comes from How you want to play out a possession. And so even if AD is in the corner, maybe even cross court or in the paint, maybe because he's trying to already pre-establish position for offensive rebounding, if there's 10, 12 seconds left on the shot clock, that's still time to Mm -hmm. come and say, like, oh, like, let's run another one. Sure. Right, sure. and so I think that there are there we've talked about this a lot on the pod, but there is a domino effect within a basketball game where um, something happens and then it triggers you to go in a new direction, and then now you're on this new path, and getting your way back to where you were before becomes difficult. Because you've already made too many choices or too many other things have have changed your route, right? Mm-hmm. And there is no GPS right. to get you back. And there is no road to, to get back. You have to do the work to get back. And I don't think AD was in a physical condition to do the necessary work to try to get back the Lakers back on track in a way that he could have. Now, that said, LeBron was so great that he almost willed the Lakers to it anyway, mm-hmm. right? right? Um, And he went basket for basket in a way that was honestly, like, unbelievable yeah. to watch. Um, I stopped taking notes. I stopped tweeting. <laughs> and I was just sitting there marveling yeah. at – this dude um pushing the rock uphill to a certain extent because Mm -hmm. that's how it felt Mm -hmm. it really like miami had been in control the entire game and it was lebron who was pushing the rock uphill to get his team back into it to um every time i've made the tug of war analogy a bunch right but Every single time the Lakers got even or ahead, the Heat would give that rope one good tug and bring that knot just, you you know, mm-hmm. six inches in their direction. And then suddenly you, you have to pull hard again to try to yeah. get it back even or get it back on your side. And it was really LeBron mm-hmm. who was doing that. And it, so when you talk about was AD being banged up like – how did that impact things i think it did and it didn't but i would have loved to have seen sure you know be because ad is the type of great player that can beat you both at both like right in front of your face but as well as on the margins Mm -hmm. because he does such he does so many little things that help you win as well besides just the big things and um that's what makes a superstar a superstar. Mm-hmm. And I think we saw that tonight from Jimmy Butler, and I think we definitely saw that tonight from LeBron about how it takes everything. And it was on the margins. Like one of the things I wrote in my notes was LeBron and Jimmy are literally doing everything, and it was yeah. all caps everything. Yeah. And th- that's what type of game game this was. But, but talk to me more about LeBron, man, because well, just a great – just yeah. – j-
1: LeBron, I mean, his his shot making as a as a jump shooter. This was always the the last place where we really needed him in and he came through. And again, you know, I feel like if we've get one more role guy that has a good game instead of a an especially bad one, LeBron's performance is probably enough. Uh his his jump shooting is like that shot's there. Is he going to go 6 for 9 every game? No you know from 3 is he good is he going to go 15 for 21 no although he his ability to get to the basket and just get older brother type of baskets when he really wants to. I think that will be there going forward. The degree to which his jump shot is, I don't anticipate a a six for nine again, but again, they're going under, under screens. They're hedging and recovering in a way that the hedge guy is not trying to take away LeBron's three. He's just giving that courtesy show and then is going to be recovering back. And in that time between when Duncan Robinson or whomever is hedging on that screen and recovering and who's guarding LeBron, comes up to to recover to LeBron there's that open window so the shots are there and LeBron took advantage of them um I but i I thought that you know a lot of his wing drives and attacks were fantastic he's you know getting to the rack they they ran some uh AC LeBron side pick and roll that I thought worked very well in in both halves uh he was like you said he was doing he was doing everything um offensively at the very least. Um, And I I was relatively happy, again, with how we played on the offensive end, with the exception of, of our bench performance. But in the 42 minutes that LeBron was in the game, the offense looked great.
2: Yeah, man. And the thing I wonder about with him is, moving forward in the series, is can he conjure another effort like this? Sure. He He went balls to the wall, this game well,
1: let, let me ask you this what is the what are the sustainable parts of this game and what are the parts that are going to vary
2: i mean look lebron ad at his best you would say anything sustainable it's why he's one of the best players in the world if not the best player in the world i think that he can catch fire with with his jumper um and if he's shooting it with with confidence while 6 for 9 is definitely in an outlier game three for six isn't right like four for nine is and while while four threes to six threes doesn't would look bad in the context of this specific game right in terms of how close the contest was that type of shoe shooting performance is still going to create a little bit of question in the heat about How do we defend him this way in terms of like the real sustainable things? I think him pushing the ball, him really getting out in the open court. He created, um, a couple of open threes, one for KCP, one for Danny green, Mm -hmm. that those are the plays that the Lakers are going to need more consistently. Um, and, and to really hunt those, I thought they were really good in transition this game, especially in the first half. And that's something that they need every single night just to sort of help grease, grease yeah. the wheels for their offense. And, and LeBron's a driver of that. Um, I also think LeBron's driving. When he base, when he plays with the type of commitment to the drive that he did this game and, and really hunts it, that that's sustainable as well. Whether or not those, those creases are there and he has that same burst, that's where I start to wonder with him, right? Mm -hmm. He had two games off or he had two days off before this game. Um, it was a closeout game. Now next game is a closeout game too. And LeBron has traditionally been so good in, in closeout games. Mm-hmm. Um, just like you said earlier, this was a gut punch game. So there's a certain amount of mental rallying that I think that he's going to need to yeah. inspire whole whole in team. his teammates. And mm-hmm. I think the whole team is going to need to do a little bit of um, looking in the mirror. Yeah. This game themselves, but. Look man, he's he's LeBron James. Like I expect him at this point when everything is on the line, I expect him to play at his at or near his best. Mm-hmm. Like whether or not it's this level of shoot, shooting efficiency, I'm not sure, but but the level of impact I I anticipate him having is very similar. I i don't think he's going to shrink from the moment i don't think that he's going right like i think that he's going to find a way to impact the game so i'm much less worried about lebron moving forward than i am potentially about anthony davis's help or health i should say and how much ability he has to help right Mm -hmm. and then how the role players respond um because that's really what this is going to come down to, to me is the Heat have life. The last three games have really been like excellent Heat games. Um, and the Lakers are one and two mm-hmm. in those. Yep. Right. And, and so if you're Miami, you're looking at this like, hey, we've won two of the last three. We're halfway home now mm-hmm. to winning this series. You win game six and then it's it's winner go you home never for both know. teams you never and you, know you never know seven. you get into a game seven and then you never know. So so if you had one thing to pick out for you heading into game six, like is there something that's at the top of your list in terms of like concern and or like they really need this?
1: So number one concern is AD's health, but I can't speak on that all that much. I think one aspect of this game that we haven't talked about is I thought that burst injury by Anthony Davis kind of shook the team. Mm-hmm. I, I thought we were rattled for a little bit, and I thought we were until he came back in. And then uh, there was one really nice play that Rondo made where he drove baseline and probed and then passed it back over to his shoulder to AD, who took one step in and dunked it. And that was the first play it was you know nice you had some explosiveness on that that was the first play where it was like okay he's fine but there was a good you know several minute stretch there where I think it was a you know eight to ten point swing at that point I also think the minutes with Mark Heath at the five have been rough I I would like to see Vogel flip Keefe and Dwight's minutes and start Keefe and have Dwight in against those BAM units. Cause I thought again, at the beginning of the second quarter, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, those lineups were, were rough. And I think they've been rough throughout most of the series for largely the same reasons. Um, so yeah, I think that Keefe in early Dwight in, in the second quarter, the way he normally would, I think that that's the way to go. It's an adjustment that I'd, I'd like to see in the, in game six, but beyond Anthony Davis's health, the the attention to detail and focus on the defensive end – like we've got to play the way that we did in the second half of this game on defense for 48 minutes. And if we do that, I feel good about our chances because, again, at the end of the day, our top-level defense forces a large number of possessions uh where Miami has to really struggle. We've got the personnel to be able to defend it, but it requires focus and communication. And we have – have a habit of doing just enough of what we need to do that. But Duncan Robinson gets hot, right? Or Kendrick Nunn has a nice flurry at the end of the first quarter, second quarter, right? When, when our focus slips. And those are the guys that we can't let, like Jimmy's going to be Jimmy. I've, I've spoken effusively about Jimmy Butler for reasons that we've seen throughout these finals. Uh, we can do a better job on Jimmy, but he's also going to win some possessions where, you know, we did everything right. But we just made way too many correctable mistakes against Duncan Robinson, against Kendrick Nunn, uh, in, and, and just in general on the defensive end that there needs to be a, a group focus on that. But if we do that, I feel really good about where we'll be so it you know in terms of what needs to change i think a lot of how these this next game and hopefully not two games but the future of this series goes is in our hands rather than miami's i think we can dictate that yeah so so i agree
2: on the standpoint of like control what you can control Mm -hmm. um which i think is defensive effort and attentiveness um The heat, the heat test you so much. Right. That they're going to put you into positions to make mistakes. They're Mm -hmm. going to put you in positions where you are going to fail. 100%. Where, and so I don't want to make it seem like the Lakers just control, like they control their own destiny just by coming out and playing good, well, well, good defense because that's a, that's a challenge based off of what Miami's doing as well in a different way than I think any other team has challenged the Lakers defense. Oh, right? Absolutely. Like,
1: the, they've right, got a lot of the great aspects of what Denver does, but with a a wing that can ISO, right? And so they've got yeah, they they can they can challenge it. This is no disrespect to Miami, of course, right? That's why they're here is they're going to put us in more of those situations. But I'm talking about our defense relative to Miami. There's a yeah, good yeah, version yeah. of our defense against Miami and there's a bad version of it. And yeah. that, you know, adjustments need to be made. Like that last play, man, where Keith showed, I, I don't know if Keith showed on the wrong side on that or if AD, you know, was not going to let him. I, I don't know what the coverage was on that, but that was that i know braun still got clipped by the screen right and so so
2: regardless of where morris was supposed to be braun still got clipped enough where he was unable to move with jimmy and and so a part of me what whatever sort of mis miscommunication it was i know that ad was on the same side of the lane as lebron james was Mm -hmm. right um and Morris was not – and so was Morris. Sure. So all three guys can't be on the same side of the floor, mm-hmm. right, in but, but those are the types so, so at the point not, of attack. So like,
1: that's not something that Miami – like sure. that wasn't anything – like that's our mistake. Yes. Right? And, and there's all sorts of – like it's no – that's why they're here is they are great at putting you in positions where – you're going to make mistakes. Like Spolster ran this ATO that I don't even know if they scored on it. I think they did. Uh, but it was like five, six passes deep or in actions deep before it got into what it was supposed to get into. I was like, damn, that was, that was beautiful. Right. How many actions, actions in the sequence. So that said though, the, Miami only is tangentially related to what I'm talking about. I hear in a, you in a self scouting type of way, right? Like I hear it, you. If if we do what we're supposed to do, it, like that's the thing is Miami has to exploit our mistakes, yeah, to score at a high level. And whereas you know, like a guy like LeBron, a guy like Anthony Davis, and Jimmy to an extent, right, can just beat great defense, but. So much of what Miami does throughout a game is dependent upon and they're going to put enough attacks where if you're putting six, seven actions into a play, all the defense has to screw up on is one for somebody to be open and you to exploit it. But I've also seen the version of this Lakers team that communicates on those and that is locked in. And so it's just a matter of like, can we do that for 80, 85 percent of our possessions instead of 60, 65 percent of our possessions? And that is within our control. And it's it's all based around defending the same team. So it doesn't have that much to do with Miami. I'm with
2: you. One, the thing I would add about this, and I think that this was true in game three as well, is um, there's a, and it's a theme that we've talked about this entire series is, is the idea of playing with force um and playing with force at the point of of attack. The one of the things that I think is difficult for the Lakers to do against this Heat team d- defensively is still be successful while while playing on their heels, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a certain amount of aggressiveness and lack of retreating that the Lakers need to have in them in order to successfully defend the heat team or this heat team. And I thought in the first half, the Lakers were really on their heels a lot. They were really seeding a lot of space and real estate to, to Miami Great way and, to that. Yeah. and that put them in positions where it's easier to make mistakes because the best, The best attribute this Lakers defense has is when they are aggressive, right? It's when they are – and we talked about this in the Houston series, but you and I both wanted the Lakers to scramble more. We both wanted them to double-team more Mm -hmm. because we felt like when they were playing that way, it was them who were saying, like, we're going after you, Right And you have to then beat us, and it does and we don't care if we're r- running all over the floor and and having to scramble and close out multiple times and make multiple efforts because we're doing all of that because we want to, not because you want us to and that same idea oscillated a lot in the Denver series. Mm-hmm. And I felt like when the Lakers were really struggling to defend the Nuggets, it was because it was Denver who was dictating the terms of, of their offensive possessions way too often against the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And the idea that you started out this whole, um, this whole part of the pod with in terms of what the Lakers can control and what they can do defensively and that attentiveness that they can bring to, to, to the floor. It's that idea again. It's, it's playing with purpose. It's playing with force in a way where they're not getting put back on their heels where Miami is the one who's saying react, 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 react. The Lakers need to find ways to make the lake, to make the heat react more. They did that in the second half of this game. Mm -hmm. They did it in the second half of game four. And in game four, they won. And in this game, they lost. And they lost for a variety of reasons. No,
1: it's not. It's not. They scored 60 points. You shouldn't score 60 points in a, Half in a finals game at the levels of competition and defense that, that's a, you can't allow 60 points in a half. You just can't. I know their shot making was phenomenal. They exploited pretty much every mistake that we made. Hats off to Miami. You cannot give up 60 points in a half at this level of basketball. And now we find ourselves in a place where, you know, one of our superstars is not a hundred percent physically. We'll see where he's at on Sunday. And, uh, yeah, we're in, we're in for a fight. We're in for a hell of a fight these last couple of games. So game six is on Sunday. You got any last thoughts or last uh, things you want to wrap it up with? All right, cool. Then we'll wrap it up. Uh Game six at 4.30 p.m. Pacific time Uh on Sunday. We'll be here to cover it, hopefully with uh, with good news and celebration. But Lakers are going to really have to bring it on both ends of the court in order to get there. But
0: until then, you've been listening
1: to the Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time.
0: Ainge has got it in low to McHale, McHale wants to turn his double team, just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy, Tip to Magic, Worthy dies on his belly, Magic scores, there's Magic got it, Magic fires, the January Lakers win the game, the Lakers win the game, Gamble in and out, the ball is tipped and it's saved, three seconds left, here's Van Exel, this is for the win, he got, got it! it. Kobe Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds, an amazing performance by Kobe. With the eighth block shot that ties an NBA finals record. A lot of Laker fans sticking around for this. you are seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I know Red Arbach is uh, rolling over. Kobe, hard to believe. Are you That's kidding it. me? Unreal! Are you kidding me? How strong was that a triple on a fall away in the corner with a shot clock down? Lakers by three. Ryan spinning in the lane, back for Gasol, perfect pass, and it's back to a three-point game. And the critical part was vehicles jogging back, didn't bounce the floor. It's a two-for-one situation. Toby Bryant, picked up by Powell. There's the move. Two, one, three, five. Unbelievable. Bryant, yes. And that was a little tough to Albert Gentry. That to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me?